What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a motherfucker on our team gets dunked on, we're letting them know maybe while we're running down the court. We're going to be sitting there looking like this. Oh, man, we used to make... If you get shit on, I don't give a fuck. What, we're going to let you know. I got crossed off by AI, man. But hey, I'd rather be AI than one of you bombs at LA Fitness. <laughs> Stupid as hell. <laughs> Another week in the NBA, and this is what's burning. Jack, what's the best strategy for the Lakers moving forward? Um, lost two games in a row, which to me is not a big deal. To me, the bigger deal is LeBron hasn't missed a game yet. Obviously, AD is down throughout the All-Star uh, break to you. What is the best strategy? Do they continue to go all in and, and and ride his shoulders, or are they a team that seating doesn't really matter and they just need to get into the dance? I think a little bit of both. I mean, you want to let LeBron continue his great play, and uh, because you need at least one of your stars out there to even have a chance to win some of these games, and they've been having yeah. a number of guys. You know, Schroeder's been down as well, but there's no way you can replace AD. You can try to bring in guys. And, and, and try to and try to fill in the void with two or three guys, but it's it's hard, you know, missing AD. He, he's such a such a great player, such a big part of what they do. I don't think it's anything they could do but try to get him healthy, because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, a championship is this goal for this team, and the championship is not feasible without AD. So all they need to be doing is worrying about getting him health, getting him healthy, and see what could happen. Yeah, I mean, does LeBron James hit walls? I know a lot of other human beings hit walls. Uh, last game statistically was his worst shooting game from the field. I want to say he was like seven for 21 and one for eight from the three-point line, but it was still like mm-hmm. a 19-9-9 game. That's one thing about him and AD. Like, their bad games are still at almost double-doubles, you know? And I think another thing that's important to say, and this is why I kind of had AD, although he hasn't had that type of season, at the top of the uh, All-Star, the MVP conversation early on because I knew how important he was to this team. If you take one of these guys away, this is a middle-of-the-pack team with all due respect, you know, and with with two of them, they're odds-on favorites. So I think it just shows how important both 
LeBron and AD are. And, 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 you know, you hear stuff about, you know, LeBron was, was felt slighted in the MVP vote and possibly that's why he's been, you know, foot on the gas the whole entire season. But, you know, in my opinion, you're 18, there's nothing to prove. Obviously he should have had more MVPs in his pocket. Uh, this year is most likely going to be an, uh, an MVP opportunity. He's at the top of the list. But we know they're definitely going to need him full strength come playoff time or whatever full strength needs. So if you had a decision in it, if you're LeBron, what is your thinking right now as far as kind of pacing yourself, knowing that there's still a lot of season left? Yeah, I think uh, for them, you know, like I say, you got to pace yourself, don't want to get hurt. But at the same time, he has to lead by example. You don't want to get in a situation where you start losing games, going to a 7-8 game losing streak. And then a week later, AD tried to come back and do more than he's expected to do. And he get hurt again. Now the season is over with. So, yeah. you know, they, they got to be real careful. They got to be real careful with this. But what LeBron is doing, he got to continue to do because uh, the team needs him more than anything, more than anything right now. Real quick, before we get out of this, I want to shout out Kyle Kuzma. He's at 19.5 since AD's gone down at nearly 44% from the field. Um, getting 17 shots, seven more than he normally is. I know he's someone that, that looks to step in and, and fill some of those numbers. Like you said, you definitely can't replace AD as a player, but you got to kind of collectively try to do it. Jack, lastly, before we get out of here, you're hearing some names thrown around for possible targets for the Lakers. Lake Griffin, um, Boogie, and P.J. Tucker. Um, out of those three guys, who, who do you think fits best for the Lakers? I would go Boogie. I would definitely go Boogie, man. I think for offensive purposes, for rebounding purposes, just for having that big guy in the paint. He's not athletic as uh, Anthony Davis, but he, he brings a lot of similarities. He can spread the floor, and he's a tough-minded guy. I think a guy like him would help them more than anything else. We'll have to see what they do. Decisions are coming up soon. And you know we big Boogie fans. Next up uh, on the radar, Jack, the standings are really crowded uh, in both conferences. I wanted to read a stat. Four games separate the fourth through the 13th seed in the east, and three games separate eight through 12 out west. Uh, it's heavy. I think the play-in tournament is going to be exciting because of this reason. Who do you think in the Eastern Conference has a chance to distance themselves and really make a statement? in the conference because like I said it's pretty up for grabs once you start looking at number four down I'm a realist it don't matter anyway because you know Brooklyn and and and, and Philadelphia are gonna be the two teams at the end tomorrow <laughs> but 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 look but look check this out though Matt but this, if any teams that can make some noise and get out of this and get in the playoffs and make some serious noise it's Boston Boston and Miami uh, Miami Miami has a lot of experience and they tend to thrive when the game slows down they play better when the game slows down Boston has been there. They got two young stars that they can turn around at any moment. You got to watch these two teams because they can get up out of that and make, some, and make some noise. But at the end of the day, it's about Brooklyn and Philly to me anyway. I think it definitely is about Brooklyn and Philly, and I agree with the Celtics. I think they've hit a small wall um, heading into the break. But you got to remember back when we played, these are like the dog days right now. This is like how January used to be for us. where We get all excited for the Christmas games, and January is slow and long as fuck. And some teams lose their mental focus. So I think Boston will be all right. I think they'll pick up, they'll regain form post-All-Star break. But I'm, instead of Miami, I, I think it, it's going to be the Raptors. The Raptors are hot right now. Fred Van uh, Pleet is playing on another level. And I think Miami kind of has that championship hangover. I, I mean, that's the only thing I can kind of put it on. You know, Jimmy's been in and out. He's been more consistent of late. But you haven't seen the same Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson. Uh, Bam's having a great season. But to me, I think it seems like Miami is stuck in the mud. I agree with you that, you know, after watching what Brooklyn does without KD, 
and mm-hmm. they came and swept the Western, uh, the Pacific uh, Division. They're scary to me. Um, but again, right, right there too is Philly with Embiid playing at an MVP level. But I like mm-hmm. the Celtics and the Raptors to also make noise in that conference. In the Western, on the Western side, it's Warriors, Grizzlies, Mavs, Pelicans, Kings. So I think that would be a fun little run right there with you know seven through seven through ten playing to get in. Uh, you know the Warriors are tough because if Steph Curry's not on the court. That's probably the worst offensive team in the league. Um, the Grizzlies are up and down with a young team. Luka's starting to turn it on. He's been hot. We'll talk about him later. The Pelicans are tough, man, and Zion is not getting enough credit for the shit he's doing night in, night out. And then Sacramento, to me, is too unpredictable. Obviously, I love what De'Aaron Fox and some of their younger guys are doing, but they're too unpredictable for me. In the Western Conference, Thoughts on kind of that 7 through 10 space to get in the playoff uh, tournament? Yeah, Golden State and Dallas are scary, man. Luke and Steph, no, no telling what they can do. They can pull a rabbit out their hat. And, and you know how Golden State offense and team gets going when Steph is on the court. And we know what Luka can do as well if they get healthy or add a person or two. So um, I think both of those teams can be scary and both of those teams can, can make some upsets, you know, in the playoffs that they can get in. Yeah, I would like to see what the young Pelicans can do. You know, Lonzo Ball is playing better. Brandon Egram is the, the leading, you know, the leader of that team. But Zion is consistently night in, night out, putting up great numbers on efficient shooting. And the way he fucking ran over Tristan Thompson the other day looked like me running over the Twins. Down in the paint. <laughs> was and Tristan Thompson, Tristan Thompson is strong. You know what I mean? Zion, Zion walked through that grown ass man and put him on his ass and got an AM one. So I'm kind of excited to see what these 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 young Pelicans are uh, can possibly do if they sneak in the dance. Question: Do you feel like the home court advantage is gone now because arenas are empty uh, on odds. I want to say the home home team nearly win uh, during the regular circumstances, 56 through 57% of home games. Now it's down to uh, right at 52-ish. Is the home court advantage, obviously, with the lack of fans gone? Kind of. I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's a different feeling. And certain players can make a shot when you make a shot. In the fourth quarter, we have 30,000 screaming. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a totally different game. It's, and, and some of your best shooters in NBA history, Matt, can make them in the first three quarters, but they can't make them in the fourth quarter because the game is tight. So, and, and, and the noise in the stadium. So um, I definitely think that uh, the crowd matters, you know, but at this point, you know what I mean? It should, when you're the home team, you should be more comfortable anyway because you're sleeping in your own bed. You, you're coming home. You're coming to the game from family, a good vibe. Most of the time, <laughs> but uh, but I think for the most part, the guy, the guys at home should always be more comfortable and not having fans in the in the stadium. I think the home team does definitely has the advantage. Well, that shit, that might be the problem. That might be a little too comfortable right now because to me, it's a coin flip. To me, it's just like going playing AU. Whatever gym you in, whoever plays the best <laughs> is gonna win because that, that that crowd, that crowd ain't, ain't there for you no more. You know, you can make the fake noise and you can have a thousand people in there, but when you're used to having thirty thousand in that motherfucker, it's a lot different. So, mm-hmm. right now, it's just who, to me, it's whoever comes out and plays harder is gonna win, no matter where you're at. On the week ahead, Jack, we got a big prime time game Saturday. Mavs versus Nets. Uh, we know how how well the Nets are playing. We'll touch on them after this. But first, I want to touch on the Mavs and, and them finally finding their footing. Um, you know, Luka's hot over the, you know, they've won four out of five of their last games. Luka's at uh, nearly 37, eight, nine and a half, shooting 58% from the field, 52 from the three. But more importantly, too, is KP is, has found some time and rhythm on the court at nearly 23 points, uh, eight and a half rebounds. 
and shooting 50 and 41% respectively from the three. Dallas has the number one offense over the last week that pulls them up still to the middle of the pack, but they've been hot of late. I think after what they did in the bubble, how good Luka was, all the hype at the preseason, I think it's finally starting to shake off and, 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 and the dust is starting to clear and we're starting to see the team that we thought this team was supposed to be the whole entire season. Yeah, we know they're dangerous. We know Luka's dangerous. and We know this team only goes as far as Luka. You know, I think uh, KP is a big part of this team, but I don't think he's the leader. And I think he really has to pick up his role on this team. You know, he yeah, he's, he's Robin to Batman, but at the same time, he has to become a more dominant Robin instead of just being in the mm. shadows in order for this mm-hmm. team to in order for this team to, to get the success that Rick Carlisle won. I'm pretty sure that the players won. But uh this team can be scary. Like I said, man, Luca Luca knows he's a dominant player. We all know he can take over games. And if his supporting cast picks it up and picks their level up to his level, then maybe we'll see this this team make some um make some uh, um what's the word I'm looking for, Matt? Some uh some some noise. Upsets. Upsets. Upset. Well, I mean, yeah. if you think about it, kind of thinking ahead, if Dallas sneaks in in the eighth and Utah stays at a one, like I'm, there's no clear cut favorite. I mean, as great as Utah's playing, we know what Luka can do in the playoffs. This, this Utah team has, you know, hasn't really done much in the playoffs. There could be an upset brewing right there. But like I said, glad to see him find his footing and the team kind of find some chemistry because there's a lot of high expectations on them early on. You know, no one's saying that they're, you know, going to go to the finals or anything, but it's just good to see where they're at. I still feel like they need a, you know, a big piece to go with that. And I completely agree. KP has to step up his Robin efforts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. 
Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Put along Harden and what he's been doing for the Nets um, since he's really kind of starting to find what his position is on this team. You know, they swept the Pacific uh, Division this last week. Uh, won four straight without KD. You know, Kyrie has handed over the keys to James as far as who's the point and who's the two, which I thought was very important for not only them, but for the kind of the rest of the team to have an understanding. Mm-hmm. This team is fucking scary, bro. And like I said, KD was on the sideline last night, but it's just amazing to see James go on a six to ten point run. And then he just bounced passes the ball over to Kyrie real quick. And Kyrie can give you 12 quick ones. And then they both can really pass. Like Kyrie is not a pass first guy. But if you watched last night's game, he has some dimes. And then you mm-hmm. all know how creative James is with the ball. Um, what do you think about this Nets? I mean, we both picked them to go to the finals before James. They're starting to find their chemistry as a team. Uh, you know, they're talking about bringing some people in. We'll talk about that in a second. But thoughts on this team and, and James's ability to kind of adapt to what his role needs to be for this team to be the best they can be. That's just a testament to how good James Harden is. He have a lot of aspects yep. to his game, but we all know him as a scorer. You know, when we've, we, when we've seen him mm-hmm. be one of the top guys in the system in the league, but he has became a complete point guard. He, he is a complete right. point guard in this league. And not only that, his defense has picked up being a, knowing that he's guarding a lot of these guards. So, I mean, we're, I'm not surprised, honestly, with the way James is playing and the impact he's had on Brooklyn. He's one of the best players in the league. You know, it was a lot going on at the beginning of the season. But one thing we all knew, that James is going to make any team he got to better. And now that he was in Brooklyn, he's made them the clear favorites. You know, his true shooting percentage is at 66%, which would be a career high. And he's at 11.7 assists a game. So this team is fun to watch, man. Like I said, we had them early on. James kind of stamped that. You know, KD is in the process of getting better. Let's talk about, you know, some pieces. Everyone kind of feels like they're, you know, a frontline piece away from really, really solidifying that team. You're hearing Andre Drummond, JaVale McGee, uh, Boogie Cousins. Uh, Out of those three guys, what guy do you think fits best over in Brooklyn? I like Boogie. I even like uh, JaVale McGee. Where's Fareed? Mm-hmm. I like to throw Fareed. I like to throw yeah, Fareed in there. You, you know what I mean? He's an energy guy, yeah. a rebounder, athlete. I like Fareed. You know, I, I think they they like they can, if they can get two solid big rebounders in there, and, and, and you know, Fareed is an energy guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Jeff Green just went down, so we don't know how long yeah. he's going to be down. You know, yeah. bringing Fareed in or somebody like that, along with one of those big men, that's definitely what they need. But I guarantee you, Matt, if they can add a solid big man that can catch and finish, 
It's yeah. gonna be. It's just. It's gonna make. It's gonna be a lot of trouble. See, the way they play is kind of weird because you know Draymond. Or I mean, it, it starts a little further back, but Draymond played the center position so well at what is that motherfucker six four and a half. You mm-hmm. know, when DeAndre goes out, it's either KD who's hurt right now or Jeff Green playing center, which is obviously uh, on the offensive side uh, a mismatch. But then you know, in the playoffs, when the game slows down a little bit. You know, who's going to guard Embiid if DeAndre gets in foul trouble? You know, to me, that's that, that, that's my question. And um, mm-hmm. they're definitely going to need to uh, to address that. But as far as their chemistry coming along, guys knowing the roles, the team having fun, these guys really look like they're having fun. They have the us against the world uh, mentality. And this is going to be dope to see them stay healthy and uh, finish out the second half of the season post-All-Star break. Fan questions. These questions have been. I, I see these, some of these questions on uh, on our IG when we post them, and some of these shits are crazy. But uh, you know, we picked out <laughs> some of the ones our team has uh, liked. So let's get right to it. Ant underscore Green. What's the locker room like after the game when a teammate gets posterized, or your teammate posterized the opponent? Well, just let me say this: if you get dunked <laughs> on, if you oh, get boy. dunked on, and you in the locker room with me and Matt, just know. On you, when you get in the locker room, we're going to be sitting there looking like this. Oh, man, we used to make so, – hey, hey, keep it real. Hey, sometimes it doesn't even wait to the locker room. It could be a timeout. It could be any stage. It could be halftime. If you get shit on, I don't give a fuck what – we're going to let you know. You know, and I think, you know, on the flip side, that's the one of the things that kind of keeps people from going hard now, I kind of see in this era, is the the, the, the social meme – memes you know what i mean there's these social media memes you get dunked on now imagine you know what baron did to karolinko was during the social media era you know what i mean or some of the mm-hmm. shit or me tripping over the three-point line was in the social media era you know what mm-hmm. i mean like shit like that is crazy and i think kids these days don't want to be a meme so i think it's a little less i mean it's a longer topic but a little less energy on the defensive end but yeah to answer your question if a motherfucker on our team gets dunked on we're letting them know maybe while we're running down the court I got crossed off by AI, Matt. But hey, I'd rather be AI than one of you bums at LA Fitness. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Next fan question. At time with Lady Frosting. What's y'all take on how flopping impacts the game? And how do you think today's game slash players are compared to the era before? Flopping. I don't like flopping. Uh, I think we've stated this several times. Um, but you know, you just got to give credit because that's where the game is now. And last night was a perfect example. I think it cost the Clippers a game. Uh, Kawhi going down the middle with time running down and James sold the fuck out of a push off and they called an offensive foul. And initially looking at it, you see him fly like, oh damn, maybe he did push off. But then when you're able to see the replay, he definitely exaggerated a little bit and it cost the Clippers a game. So I'm not a fan of flopping by any means, but you know, like I said, we got to adjust it and hats off, I guess, to guys that have mastered that because it's in the NBA now and it, it, I don't think it's going anywhere. Well, you know, I'm I'm going to go a little further with it, Matt. Uh, we definitely hated flopping. One, flopping shows that you don't care about defense and you can't guard nobody. That's a cop-out. Two, it says a lot about the referees that they don't have no basketball experience by keep blowing these whistles when these guys flopping. It's easy to see from players watching the game that it's a flop. But the referees that never play basketball, they sitting right there and can't get it right. So you get you got to give credit to the players who's selling it. 
But referees, y'all need to watch games or play basketball before you become a referee <laughs> so you can be familiar with these situations. Speaking of referees, they've been on some bullshit lately. I mean, they ejected J.J. <laughs> Reddick yesterday for throwing like a spin bounce pass back to the ref, ejected Draymond down the stretch. And, you know, although, you know, sometimes as players, we got to keep our cool. These refs got to be have to keep their cool more than that. And, it, and it's been ridiculous to see some of these bullshit ass calls they make that uh, determine outcomes of games. And then later the NBA and their two-minute report says, oh, well, this ref, most of the time they try to really side with them. But when it's so fucking blatant they can't, in the two-minute report they'll admit the ref was wrong. But what does that do? You know, the team the, the team has lost the game. I think we need to be more transparent with our refs. We need to be able to see, you know, what they score every – what their stats are because they're, they're judged just like we are. Our stats are open to the world. Why can't we see mm-hmm. – what these judges or these these referees, you know, great cards are liking or, or when they fuck up and do something wrong, how come they're not fined or suspended? I think there needs to be more transparency um, when it comes to referees because they're determining outcomes of games. And particularly in this season where, you know, every game means a lot more. These refs are out here fucking the game up. Referees, if any of you hear this, just realize no one comes to the game to watch y'all. They come to watch the fucking players. The sign of a good, good refereed game is to know that you're not even there. Let's keep that in mind. And, and then, look, who's critiquing the players, man? Then this goes back to what I just said. What you just said is the same thing. When J.J. spun the ball, if you play basketball, you know how that ball's going to spin. Every basketball player spun that ball like that to his teammate. But the fact that he never played basketball, don't know how the ball spin, it went through his legs, and he got he felt embarrassed. That's not J.J.'s fault. No, if you knew anything about basketball and how the ball spins, yeah. you would have caught the ball. But you're penalizing J.J. because the ball went through your legs, and now you feel embarrassed. Be more familiar with the game instead of just blowing a whistle. Clown. Next up, at Long Lopes, uh, best locker room story from the We Believe days. Damn, good question. Oh, my God. Where can we start? We want to save some for the documentary. I'll just start with this one, Matt. We're all in the locker room getting ready for a big game. And we were warned. We were definitely warned oh, that this oh, guy. Oh, yeah, by David Stern. That, no, 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 no. We were definitely warned. Oh, yeah, this is something else. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. That shit about. was dope. Hey, yeah. we were warned that this character was showing up to the game today, right? So we were totally warned. So we got to the game early enough to wait, well, to be there when he arrived. So Baron Davis told us that Wild Wild West Baron was showing up to the game. So we didn't know. This is on my, bir- this is on my birthday. I think, yeah, I think this is your birthday. <laughs> We had no idea who Wild Wild West Baron was. I've never met him. Oh, shit. Oh, he shows man. up to the game. Cowboy yeah. hat, the brooch, the spurs, yep. the boots, yep. the whole nine, walked in the locker room and just stood there for about five minutes in the, <laughs> in the middle of the Wranglers. Yeah, this shit was unfucking believable but you gotta think this is the same motherfucker that used to uh, remember when he had his condo in Frisco this nigga used to baby oil his chest and play the guitar cause he lived very lived in this dope ass little building uh, and, but, and then there was an alley and then right next across the street there was a bar so this motherfucker Baron used to take his shirt off baby oil his chest and play the guitar in the window so bitches would see it and he didn't even know how to play the guitar everyone would be looking like is that Baron Davis up there Yo, you know, but well, you know why I remember that was my birthday with the outfit is because y'all came to my motherfucking birthday party. And this nigga had the cowboy hat on and the spurs and, and the Wranglers and the plaid shirt. And I was just like, this dude is really a real life character. Rodney G. Jr. won. 
What's your opinion on Dame Lillard getting disrespected or snubbed throughout his career when it comes to accolades? And why does the NBA invest enough as they should into him? Mm, that's a great fucking question. I think because Dame is a silent killer. He's not talking. He's not promoting himself. He's always let his game do his talking. And I think in a, in, in an era where self-promotion is weird but works, that's the kind of stuff we're in. You know, he's not out there dancing after shots. The only thing he'll do is when he busts your ass at the end of the game, he'll wave goodbye to you. But outside of that, like, he's not really a self-promoter. And I think that's kind of hurt Dame in this era of social media and look at me and that type of shit. Dame is just a throwback hooper that goes out every night and puts his team on his shoulders and gets buckets. Uh, he was recently snubbed as an all-star starter. And even Lucas said he thought that Dame should have won that, uh, you know, that the the starting spot over him. Uh, but for some reason, unfortunately, man, he's been overlooked. You know, he's consistently been, should be in, or, you know, in the MVP conversations. But, uh, you know, Dame is, is, is a soldier, someone you would definitely go to war with. And if not the most clutch, one of the top two or three clutch players in the game today. We're, 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 you got a, a lot of people that not, never played in the NBA. You got to understand the NBA has their guys. They have their guys yep. that they want to market. Why wasn't AI all over the NBA commercials? He was the best mm -hmm. player in the league. He didn't fit their narrative. So it's right. important for us to control our own narrative, and that's what Dame is doing. He's dropping his music. He's doing his Hulu commercials. But it's going to be in the wheelhouse of what he wants to be in. He don't have to compromise anything. The, if the NBA don't get behind him and, 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 and promote him like they do all these other players, then so be it. He can promote himself, and he's still making good money with promoting this stuff outside the court. But Dame is one of those guys I put in the AI category. One of the best players in the league, but he don't fit the NBA narrative. Next up, Biscuits underscore three. Were y'all top three songs before the game to get you hyped or get you ready for the game? Well, I'm just going to step in before you answer, Jack, real quick. And if I if I had control of the music, it wasn't a motherfucking option. You already knew what we was playing. Pac. All day, every day. It was Pac all day. And then I, I, I was with you. I was with yeah. you, man. I ain't going to lie. But one thing we did, and this is we're going to talk about this on the documentary, but I'm going to give y'all a little. It's a movie. Called um, Stump the Yard. And before every game, we had a guy, jo Josh Powell, him and Al used to like to dance a lot. And that movie was hot. So before Big every game, we, we used to get in the huddle and we used to go, we repped the Warriors. 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 We repped the Warriors. 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 But that, but that came from that movie, uh, Stump the Yard, man. That, that's something we did mm -hmm. got hyped before every game. But we always listened to Pac. Yeah. I'm from Port Arthur. UGK Scarface was always my go-to. But Pac, well, uh, Pac, uh, took over our locker room every game. Pac definitely took over our locker room. And yes, them two big dancing motherfuckers was in the, in the circle before every game. <laughs> game too. Both of them motherfuckers at 6'10 could dance their asses off too. <laughs> yes, sir. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one -on -one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came to my room 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Ain't doing enough. Uh, back in December, uh, myself, Jack, and the All the Smoke family hosted a high school showcase out in Memphis, but it was so much more than basketball. Um, you know, it was civil rights museums. It was talks with the kids. It was mentoring these kids. It was seeing these talented kids play. Um, here's a trailer and a little tease of what we did. You guys check it out. A lot of kids don't get a chance to talk to actual NBA players. players, players. We're just trying to change the roles and do something different. different, different. Give them more than what we had. How does it feel to be black? If you want to make any type of success in life, it all starts with how you treat people. So this whole session, this is anything in here you want. We just doing our part. We say we are brothers keeper. Let's continue to do that. That's how it feel to be black. It's truly a blessing. Like, see them come to our game and like, watch them play. Like, <laughs> that's a blessing for me. The ball is secondary. Walk away from this place with something. I'll apply some of this stuff in their life and try to help the next person. You all have made it now to the birth of the movement. On the back of the bus. I made that seat now. I can't handle this shit, man. This make me mad. That's how I feel to be back. Uh, Jack, this all came about because of your connection to the um, Iverson Classic. Um, that trailer was dope. Tell us how this came about and your feelings about what you just saw. <laughs> well, um, I the first year out in the Iverson game, he has his own high school classic, the number one high school classic in the country. And um, I'm, I've been coaching it from year one, where it was it was postponed this year. And um, we had a, came up with another idea of doing something in Memphis. We ran it by Brian and every, all our team at Showtime. And it just came together, man, to give these kids an opportunity to play basketball, a showcase, because um, with the COVID, a lot of things are, are being prohibited, been playing in their own cities and states. So we just wanted to give them an opportunity to play and uh, show their skills and uh, not have a wasted year. So um, we were able to go down to Memphis, put on a great, a great tournament with Bobby and Josh. Shout out, shout out all them. But we were also able to, to, to give these kids some education. You know, we were able to go mm -hmm. to the Martin Luther King Museum. We were able to talk about civil rights. We were able to talk about racism. We also were able to teach them and tell them, you only go as far as how you treat people. You know, a lot of things like that. If you, if you, wanna, if you plan on treating people like shit, then, you, then plan on your life being shit. But if you treat them like mm -hmm. like heaven, then plan on your life being heaven. And that's just how it goes. So a lot of things we were able to 
to, to talk to these kids about and not just about basketball and to be able to take them to the uh, Martin Luther King Museum. You know, I, you know me, Matt. I was in tears the whole time. So I hope they got something mm-hmm. out of it. And, and, and we're just doing something new, man, trying to change the mold. And I'm just thankful that you and Showtime were able to be there with me to, uh, to make this come true. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a dope experience. Shout out Showtime. Shout out everybody you shouted out. Um, like I said, just showing these kids another way. You got to see it to believe it. And I think what we did out there was amazing. The, the Lorraine Hotel experience, the, the, the Civil Rights Museum, um, you know, it was my second time there, but still learned so much more. It was just a, a great experience to, to see that although we've come a long way, we definitely still have a long way to go. So I'm excited for you guys to see it. Check out Ain't Doing Enough Thursday, the 25th, um, and see what me and Jack's journey was like down there in Memphis. Winding down the show. Let's get to our quick hitters. Uh, Jack, Raptors are hot over the last three weeks, uh, seven and three. Uh, over that span, their defense is the number one rated defense in the league. Six guys in double figures. Can the Toronto Raptors make some noise? I just said earlier in the show, like, they were my pick instead of Miami to possibly make some noise outside of the, 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 the two big dogs in the East. Thoughts on the Raptors? Well, they have the experience. You know, we, we just wondered who was going to step up. And Van Vliet's been playing well. You know, he stepped into that role as a scorer, the go-to guy. But I love the way Norman Powell has picked up and become his Batman. Yeah, we all know Kyle Lowry is, is the pit bull on that team. But Norman Brown, no, uh, excuse me, no, <clears throat> Norman Powell, he's been balling, bro. He, he's, he's picked up his game on offense and defense. He's been the guy uh, guarding the, 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 the star guy on the other team. And I think the way he's picked up his scoring – and he just picked up his just total play is the reason why this team's been winning. They needed another guy, and Norman Powell stepped up to be that guy. Yeah, Norman Powell's definitely stepped up. Um, Siakam, I see. I think you know people understand that you know Siakam shined in that year to the finals because Kawhi was the guy that everyone keyed on. When you're the top guy on the top on the scouting report, as Siakam is now, it takes a little bit of time because they're focused on your every move. So I think he's starting to understand the pressure of being the number one guy on that team, uh, then Van Vliet has, has definitely uh, stepped up and done his job. And then, like you said, Norman Powell, um, young Bruin, at, at nearly 22, uh, 23 points a game over this last three-week span. And then, you know, they got their, 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 their general and their leader, Kyle Lowry. So this team has the experience. And, and let's also keep in mind, they were, they were the team that had to go to Tampa Bay if I'm not mistaken, uh, and play their season because of restrictions due to COVID. So, you know, they've had to endure a lot, and I think they're starting to find their footing. You get hot at the right time. That's what Miami did. They got hot right the right time. They're starting to find their footing going into All-Star break, which is great, and I'm excited to see what this team can do the second half of the season because, like you said, they definitely have the experience, and going into the playoffs, that's what you need. Jack, we, we may have witnessed the dunk of the year the other night with Anthony Edwards did to that boy on Toronto. Should have been illegal, non-playing. But this kid has really picked up his game over the last eight games at nearly 17 points a game, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, who is the, the leader of the team, you know, outside of Cat, has been out a majority of that time. And this kid has really stepped his game up. Uh, first thoughts on that dunk, which was crazy. But the way this kid is playing, I definitely think he's worked his way back into the Rookie of the Year conversation. Oh, hold on, excuse me. I got some breaking news, breaking news. Oh, uh, Anthony Edwards has just been released from jail for attempted murder. They just let him out. He just he just made bond. They just let him out. So not he should guilty. play tonight. Not guilty. He, he should, not yeah, guilty. he should play tonight. Yeah, it, it was self-defense. My God, bro. I mean, that's probably one of the best ducks I've ever seen in my life, bro. Uh, like you said, you're talking about dreaming. I had dreams of jumping that high. But then again, Matt, I'm from I'm, I live in Georgia. Right. 
So I've seen uh, I've seen him do this do this a lot in the last couple of years, bro. And and this kid is 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 definitely an athlete, man. I think he's just he's just getting started. You're gonna see a lot of dunks, a lot of finishes oh. like that from from this kid, man. He, he's the most athletic kid that I've seen come you know uh, come into mm-hmm. the league like this, man. This kid is special, bro. So I mean, I love what this kid's been doing. I think he's definitely played his way back into the rookie of the year conversation. You know, with him at nearly 17 a game over the last eight, uh, Lamelo since he's been inserted in that starting lineup, he's at about 20 points a game. Both these kids are playing great, and it's going to come down to the wire for this rookie of the year, and it could come down to whoever has a uh, their team sitting in a better position. So it's going to be fun to watch, but, you know, love what we're seeing with this kid. And, and like we both agree, this kid is just scratching the surface. The, the best is definitely yet to come. Jack Boogie and uh, the Rockets have decided to part ways. Team's 0-7 since Christian Wood has um, – Went down with that ankle injury. This situation with Boogie is tough because he's getting healthy, but he's still not himself. Um, he's only at, he's at 10 points, nearly at 9.6, 7.6 rebounds and two assists a game in only 20 minutes and 11 starts. I know there's been some frustration. He wants his role to step up. He wants to play more. What are your thoughts on first the Boogie situation with uh, Coach Silas, and then we'll talk about potential suitors for Boogie. Yeah, I mean, Chris Wood, Christian Wood falling, uh, going out the lineup, it, it definitely hurt them. I think they they complemented each other. He he was able to be that center. You know, he can't move as much as he used to. So being able to catch the ball and block and have a, a four that can spread the floor, even he's still shooting threes, but having a, a four that can spread the floor, it made him that dominant center again. But just not getting the opportunity, you know, and, and not being able to get the looks and the, and the minutes that you want, it can be frustrating at times. But I understand what Steve, what Steve uh, Silas is doing, you know, going young, trying to build for the future. You have John Wall, you have Oladipo, you have Christian Wood. You have a lot of young stars that you can build around. I think Boogie needs to go to a team that's contending for a championship, somewhere like Brooklyn, somewhere like L.A., where he can go in and just play his role. But at the same time, he has to understand, too, there's different strokes with different folks. There's different situations now that you've been injured a lot. You got to go yeah. into every. You got to go into every situation with an open mind. And after, and once teams see that, I think that they're embracing more and give him a better role than that he's expecting. Yeah, I wanted to touch on what you said. This guy was arguably the best center in the game for a long time, and one of the best centers we've ever seen. And the the line of injuries and bad luck um, he's had is 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 unbelievable. You know what I mean? So even though he's feeling better and he'll give you flashes of that 27 and 17 type nights that he had a few weeks ago, he's still not himself. And and I think as a as a as a superstar at one point, how do you mentally handle that capacity? Because I'm sure that's kind of playing out right now of, you know, he feels like he needs more minutes and more time. The coaching staff doesn't see it that way. So that's going to be you know, obviously, a, you know, a, a claim, a, a train collision. So I agree. I definitely think he needs to go to a team that, that has an opportunity to win, but with, you know, veteran guys that, you know, can really help and help him along the way, because it's going to be tough. Like I said, this guy was one of the best centers in the game. And now his role has kind of, you know, been diminished down to a, you know, a 20 minute a game guy when he was a guy that could, you know, play 38, 40 minutes a game. So this is a tough transition mentally for him. Um, like we said, obviously a fan of the program, my little bro, a homie, we hope him the best and, and we hope that he does land on his feet. And I think something key you said was being open-minded because unfortunately he's not the boogie he was three years ago due to injury. And I think he's going to have to reinvent himself and understand what is the most effective way for him to help a team win? 
Wolves decided to fire Ryan Saunders after getting off to a 7-24 record, which is tough because, you know, Cat being in and out of the lineup, I think a Cat's only played 11 out of the 31 games. But even with that said, what was more interesting to me was the Damon Lillard tweet. And I'm going to read it right here. He says, how the hell do you not hire David Vanderpool? And he's right there on the bench. He has been in the front office successfully and on the front of the bench of a winning team successfully for seven years. And he also played a major role in developing a dominant backcourt. Shake my damn head. Jack, this is this is the NFL's version of the Rooney Rule bullshit, you know, where black coaches aren't really getting that nod. Um, you know, congratulations to uh, the Raptors assistant Chris Finch for the opportunity in Minnesota. But I think Dame tweeted what a lot of us are thinking. You know what I mean? You got a first assistant sitting right there, battle-tested, waiting for his opportunity, and you go somewhere else to get a head coach. Uh, decisions like this from front offices are probably the reason why Minnesota's team ain't shit. This is why a lot of teams don't win, Matt. This is why a lot of teams don't have success because you have guys like Vanderpool. He's just like Bernie Bickerstaff. When we played, it's always coaches. It's a lot of coaches that play, that players like us, Matt, whether they coach us or not, before the game, we speak at half court, they come say what's up, you're doing good, this is what you need to do in your game, duh, duh, duh. Coaches we respect, guys that's played the game. Vanderpool is one of those guys that fall in there with Bernie Bickerstaff, with Ty Lue, all these coaches that have been around for a while who we look up to. So I understand Damon Lillard's frustration because I'm frustrated because he should have a job. What more can he do? What more does he have to do? He's the the second – he's the uh, assistant head coach on the team and you bring in somebody else? Like that's – you can't be be more disrespectful than that. And and, and I think for players like Damon Lillard, and other players, they need to start speaking up for guys like that because these are guys that we want to be yeah. coached by. These are the guys that we want to learn from. These Absolutely. are the guys that paid the dues and belong to be head coaches. And we got to start fighting for these guys because we got to remember, they were once players too. You know, Minnesota kind of has a low-key track record of doing this. You know, Sam Mitchell replaced uh, the great Flip Saunders after he had passed um, as head coach. And instead of giving Sam a real run, they bring Ryan Saunders in, you know, with Sam's you know, coach of the year uh, underneath his belt. Didn't really get a shot there. So this is a pattern in Minnesota. But not only Minnesota. This is a, ma- a pattern around professional sports. People hire yeah. people who look like them, which is crazy because, like you said, these guys have definitely paid their dues. And today it's more about relating to players than anything else. It's such yeah. a player-driven league now that if you can't relate to players – you're not going to have a long time in this league. And I'm not saying that's what happened to Ryan Saunders, but I'm saying in, 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 in Dame's words, being able to give uh, Van Poole, uh, Vanderpool a chance, he's a player's guy that players look up to, players respect, uh, similar to the Ty Lue situation, you know, where T. Lou mm-hmm. was that cool dude that everyone talked to and respected, and now he's, you know, he's got another opportunity with the Clippers and has the Clippers playing well. So this is just an unfortunate situation that happens too often, not only in the NBA, but across sports um, as a whole. And something, like you said, needs to be addressed. It needs to be called out. We need to continue to call these teams out on their bullshit and biased views on hiring front office people and head coaches. And Ron Saunders is one of my guys. I got to send him a shout out, man. When I first got to Minnesota, the first person from the NBA or in the basketball world that reached out to me was Ryan Saunders. So for, he'll, forever, he'll forever be, be my guy. And I, I got to send him a shout out. And I appreciate him reaching out to me. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure he'll land on his feet. A, a young coach, really young. They had a list the other day. There's like 14 players or 15 players that are older than him in the NBA right now. But he's young. He'll land on his feet. But, uh, you know, hopefully uh, David Vanderpool will get a look uh, one of these days from a team.
What's Burning is available every Monday on Showtime Basketball YouTube. And follow us on Twitter at Show Basketball. Peace. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare at&t connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.